This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about Tottenham's win, Tottenham Hotspur 3, Crystal Palace 1. I'm actually recording live at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. My name is Chris Cowlin and as usual, we have three very special guests to talk about today's game. We are live on YouTube, on X and on Facebook, so please do get involved. Give us your thoughts on today's game. Um, As I said, I've got three very special guests back with me. And I'm absolutely delighted to say, fresh from the ice, back with us is Ricky Norwood. Ricky, how are you, mate? How are you doing, man? It's good to be back on. I'm telling you, it was good to watch a full 90 minutes of a game. Well, 90 plus. And then plus get a win and plus be back on talking about Tottenham. I've missed you. I miss you all. Ricky, of course, we are all smiling. But of course, you have had a wonderful time on Dancing on Ice. Before we introduce the other very special guest, tell us about that wonderful experience you had? Uh, it was an amazing experience. It really, really was. Um, it showed me so many different things about myself, about, uh, you know, about when you think that you can't achieve certain things and then you end up somehow doing it. You know, there's so many things that I took away from it. So I'm so grateful and, and I really appreciate my time on there. I'm, I'm actually going back for the final. So there is a, a, a small part where I've got to get back on the ice next week sunday um but yeah it was an amazing experience um it's one of the hardest things i've ever done honestly body mind soul spirit the lot uh but it was so good to do and um i'm really kind of happy that i done it and got as far as i i I did and there was full of special moments there man and um yeah man i'm just super super happy that i done it but at the same time i'm happy you know, that I've had a couple of days rest as well, because I tell you what, it takes it out of you. Those that are left in the competition, I know their bodies and their minds are feeling it right now, man. So I'm wishing them all luck and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing them next week. And also back with us is a channel regular, Kimberly Chambers, of course, best-selling author. And she's got another new book coming out very soon. Kim, how are you? And tell us I'm all good. about this wonderful new book that you've got coming out. Yeah, I've got this book coming out. Um, it's the sequel to The Family Man, but it can be read as a standalone. So it's called The Brothers, published by Harper Collins, and it's out on the full, Thursday, the 14th of March. 
um, yeah, it, it, as I said, it, it's 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 the sequel to The Family Man, but it doesn't matter if you read this because it can be read as a standalone. And, yeah, I'm really excited. It's been a couple of three years since I've had one out now, so I've got a busy couple of weeks coming up and a few signings and bits and bobs. So, yeah, it's all going well. So, fingers crossed for a good chart position. Well, hopefully I'll see you at a book launch, Kim. But you've told me before on this channel that um, you've always somehow got character names in there as, as Spurs players or former players. Anyone's in this one? Not really. I stopped doing it after a while. I did it in the beginning. We had Nurse Chimbonda and uh, I think Dr. Sissoko. We had a red headmaster called 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 Mr. Mr. Redknapp. Um, and I did a lot of it at the beginning, but I've stopped doing it so much. Now, I will throw a few in. Do you know what I mean? If I remember from time to time, there's none in this one. Well, Ricky's fresh from the ice. Kim's got a new book out. And Craig, you're fresh from the pub. I haven't spoke to you last night. How are you? Yeah, I apologise if you can understand me last night. Just so everyone knows, Chris rings me quite late last night. Uh, we discussed doing this today, apart from other things. And I can't actually remember what we were talking about. So, so uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I woke up this morning and quite a sore head. So, but yeah, obviously I did remember. I must have put this in my phone because I'm here. So, uh so yeah, um, <laughs> it, it was a really yeah. I haven't got any books or ice skating stories to tell you about, other than a very sore head this morning. But uh, and Spurs nearly give me a very sore head this afternoon as well. But thankfully turned it around in the second half, which we're we're going to get into. So uh, yeah, we're all smiling, so it's, it's all good. But things aren't quite right, are they? Let's uh, let's not sugarcoat it too much. But uh, let's get into it. I perhaps should have said that at the very beginning. It wasn't the best performance uh, by a long shot, but. Three points is three points, and we are now only a couple of points away from Aston Villa in top four. Of course, they do uh, kick off in about 10 minutes' time. Um, now, of course, Tottenham Hotspur three, Crystal Palace one, Eze putting Palace 1 0 up after 59 minutes. Timo Werner scoring his first goal in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt after 77. Three minutes later, Romero heading home, and Hunmin Son rounding it off uh, in 88 minutes. Johnson, of course, sub, a couple of assists from him. Madison also with an assist. Now, the possession today, Spurs had 78% of the ball to Crystal Palace's 22%. Uh, we had 14 shots to Palace's four. We had six shots on target. Palace only had one. Now, what about this for a stat? Completed passes, Spurs 727 to Crystal Palace's 157. Quite a difference there. Passing accuracy, Spurs 90%, Palace 70%. Touches in the opposition box, Spurs had 38 Palace only had eight. Ricky, let's start the show with you. Let's come to you first. Your thoughts on today's game? Well, it, firstly, it was good to watch the boys again. Um, but that first half, it, it, it was a tough first half. I mean, I don't think Crystal Palace had any threat whatsoever. Every time that they went forward, I always believed that our defenders had it sussed or were really kind of comfortable. Um, you know, there was a lot of frustrating play where we, we, we could see as fans that just that final ball, whether it's the final pass or the final touch or, or somebody taking an extra touch when they should shoot, there was all of these things popping off and it, and it did become a frustrating game. I think also when we have a lot of possession because Palace backed off, they let us have the ball, you know. Um, I mean, they couldn't get it off of us majority of the time, but that was their game plan, it looked like, to soak up pressure and then try and hit us on the break. But with somebody as colossus as Van der Ven at the back as well, with his pace and his strength and he's and he's just his will, um, you know, it was tough to get past us. 
but they let us have the ball. So th those possession stats and those passing stats, you know, although they're a great number, there was nothing there. There was no threat to Palace. And, you know, for the majority of the game, the, 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 the boys had it under control. And it was going to take something like a freak free kick or a, a moment like that for Palace to score. And obviously, all of us are probably thinking we're, we're again, we're the creators of our own demise sometimes, you know. We've kicked ourselves in the foot. They should never have got that goal in the first place. You know, we shouldn't have allowed that to happen. It was through lackadaisical play and being too comfortable, almost being almost... Uh, I don't know. I mean, the best word is being too comfortable. I want to say almost lulling themselves into a sense of security and boredom, almost. Like, they've got no... Palace are offering no threat, so we don't have to really have 100% of our wits about us. But that goal done what it, what it done, which was wake us up and, and the fight back and the, the, the way that we pushed and the way that we didn't stop again, it woke us up and it was good to see. Um, from the last couple of weeks that I've missed, when I kind of see a highlight, and you can't really judge the boys on a highlight, but um, when I see the highlights or when I watch the watch the show and, and kind of get your opinions from it, it always kind of sounds like we always lose or kick ourselves in the foot when we don't play the Ange way or when we don't kind of do it the way that we, we, we sampled in those first 10 games and then it becomes unstuck and then we revert back to a, a, a way and a system of playing from years gone that doesn't look like us no more. So um, for them to wake up and make it happen and take the responsibility as well, all of them picked up their heads and took responsibility to go out there and get those three points. I know we'll break down the whole game, but overall, you know, you've got to give them credit for going out there and not stopping and not letting their heads drop and not going, oh, it's going to be one of these days, as we as fans probably do when we see things like that happen with the free kick. So the boys picked themselves up. They went again, and they ended up coming back with a, with three goals and a big three points. Ricky, before we move on to Kim, can I just come back to you on that? Because Craig said from the very off, we're not going to sugarcoat this uh, performance today, although we won three one. Now I was having a conversation with a couple of Spurs fans um, at half time, and I said that we haven't really seen the and ball like like we did in that first ten games. Why do you think that is? What what's changed for you? Well, we, we all know uh, of the disruptions that we've had and the, and the boss has said it as well, whether it be long injuries, whether it be really bad injuries, whether it be suspensions, whether it be internationals, you know, you've got to remember, we've only just got back Basuma, Saar and Sonny back from their respective cup competitions. So there has been so many disruptions, you know, coming up to this weekend. Poro and Richarlison are out. So there's always something happening where we haven't had, you know, a fully strength, fully fit squad to go out there and deliver that that version of Angeball. You know, the boys were all on it and you can see that they 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 believe in the system and they believe in the way of playing and they believe that it's gonna garner success come the future. But because of all of those disruptions, we haven't had um, any momentum. Every time we get some, there's a big break. There's, you know, two weeks off before another game. There's an international break. There's something happened. So we haven't had a run of games. And the boss was uh, saying that in, in the, in the pre-match press conference. You know, he wanted European football there so that we could have some momentum and kind of get that energy going. We know in the lead up to getting fourth uh, with Conte, 
how much momentum we had going from January onwards. Do you know what I mean? Going into those business months, we had so much momentum going forward that there was nothing that was going to stop us getting top four that year under Conte. And then obviously it went a different way. So we haven't been able to build that momentum this year to kind of keep kicking on and keep believing and keep going. Fingers crossed, this is another one of those times where we can go, all right, and cool, we've pulled it out of the bag, but we wasn't our best. I think that those are signs of of a good side. And I think that there's green shoots there, left, right and centre. But yes, it can become frustration because frustrating because we saw in those 10 games at the beginning of the season what potentially this side could be, you know, how exciting this side could be. So it's that's where the frustration is coming from. The boys haven't had a run of games. Emerson's come in. That's a different player in the right right hand side. You know the uh, the crosses are different. The penetrations different. The runs are different. It's the same all over the pitch. And then those players that have come back, Madison included, from from long term injury, they've taken a while to get up to speed. But you could see how much they want to get up to speed. You can see how much they want to perform the way that we all know that they they could and should. Um, and and that's encouraging for me. Kim, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game. Uh, I, I thought it was dreadful, to be honest with you, up until up until we equalised. Um, you know, it was frustrating. One shot on target in the first half. It, it was like watching a different side to the to the side that that were doing so well for us early in the season. I think some of the players that have come back from injury. You know, uh, as Ricky said, like they don't look quite on, on like uh, back to their best yet. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether other sides have worked out or kind of tried to work out how to play against us. But um, yeah, we just took a different side, and I think like it's not just the day. I think there's been a lot of games like that recently, and I don't think you can win from the being in Europe and not being in Europe because just say for instance we'd have qualified for the Europa League. We'd be moaning now. We'd have more injuries, more suspensions, and we'd probably be moaning about playing on on Thursday and then playing on. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think you can you can win one way or the other. I think it was good, really. We didn't have Europe this season to give the manager more time to, uh, to perhaps spend on the training pitch with with, with the players. Um, I mean, having said all that, listen, we came back again. You know, through late goals. Um, we've got the three points. I do fear for us with the fixtures in April. Um, you know, I mean, I'd be, you know, obviously I'd like to get top four. I'm not sure it's going to happen this season. But if we go in the Europa League, it, you know, I'm sure we'll have a good go at that next season. The only one I don't want is the bloody conference. You know, I don't want to go in that. But um, it, it is what it is. But um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, as you said, Chris, we saw what we could do in the first 10 games and the influence Sanjay. I'd love to see another transfer window under his belt and then really come out of the traps, you know, fast next season. A bit like we did this, really. And hopefully we'll have a bit more luck with injuries and things like that and see where we go from there. Kim, we'll certainly get into the match instance shortly, but the last couple of games, particularly today and Wolves, what is it about Spurs starting games so slowly like we did today? Because, you know, in front of me where I, I was sitting, Someone was even doing like a mock test for their um, for their car, uh, their, their car mock test. <laughs> a couple of fans left early. It was, it was it was crazy. I was looking around, thinking people are looking really disinterested, and this is meant to be you know fast tacking you know free flowing football, which 
you know, as I mentioned to Ricky, those first 10 games, it seemed to be very different to what it is now. But when Ange Postacoglu takes them in at half-time and seems to have that talk, then it sort of uh, sparks some sort of uh, sharpness and, 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 they, and they go alive again. Why do you think that is? I don't know. We just look lethargic. I mean, we just we just look a bit tired. We look like a team that's sort of like hobbling towards the end of the season. Like, you know, when, when it comes the last few games and you haven't got much left to play for, do you know? That's how we kind of look to me. Not that we are doing that. And obviously, we, we, we want to do well. But, you know, when it's that time and everyone's waiting for their summer holiday mode, it looks... And, I mean, they can't be that knackered because we haven't had that many games. Maybe the training's quite difficult. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But, you know, I, we just need to get a good run of form again and, get you know, get a few good wins under our belt. As I said, we've got some tough fixtures coming up. And... Uh, you know, we've just got to keep, keep at it. And I suppose he's got to work on the training pitch with them and, and get them back to playing as we was earlier on in the season, Chris. Craig, let's get your thoughts on today's game. Yeah, that first half was pretty dire, as you guys have said. It was um, boring, wasn't it? I mean, to be honest, this might be due to my overindulgence last night. But after about 40 minutes, my son actually woke me up and said, you're snoring. I didn't even realise I drifted off. That's how, that's how uninterested I was. I mean, I wasn't doing a car test or anything, but I literally just drifted off for a few minutes. It, it was terrible. And I know we'll get into the match incidents, as you say, but, you know, Werner going through, I, I wasn't at all confident that he was going to finish that. He should have done, but I just wasn't at all confident that he was going to do it. And it, that would have obviously changed the game at that point. But to be honest, it, it was just dire. It was all slow. Um the crowd seemed real. I don't know how loud it was in the stadium, Chris, but the crowd, it was so quiet. You could actually quiet. hear people shouting. Yeah. You could hear people shouting on the pitch and, and from the sidelines. It, it was um, it was weird, weird sort of atmosphere. I don't know what it was like in the stadium. It was just, just weird again, a bit like the one the other week. Just a strange atmosphere. And obviously, it took that goal in the second half performance to get the crowd up. Now, you could say it's... The players need to be showing the effort and, and the guile and everything else to get the crowd up. But um, obviously the crowd not playing their part as well, you could argue that as well. So I know it's a kind of double-edged sword, that one. But it's difficult to try and get up for something when you're being presented with something that's not quite up to par on, on, on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? So um, bit, I am a bit concerned that we seem to be starting off games. We might look good in the first five minutes. And then the rest of the first half is pretty dire. Um, that kinds to be a bit of a, seems to be a bit of a theme. That was a theme under Conte, wasn't it? Obviously, a totally different style of football that we didn't play in the first half when we came alive in the second half. This is kind of very similar to me. It, I, I just I said the last time I was on here, I just love for us to go out and blow teams away in the first half, get a three goal lead, and 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 then you can kind of relax a little bit, but. You know, this coming back in the second half, I get it. The game's 90 plus minutes long. It doesn't really matter when you score, but it surely would be better to get a few early goals. Um, it must be getting in the heads of the players, not being able to, to contribute in the first half. So, so yeah, there is a bit of work to do. I don't know what that problem is, to be honest with you. Well, um, great. It's really Ange has said all season in a lot of press conferences, in multiple conferences, he said that there is still so much more to come from us in that final third. Now, when you look at the players like Hunmin Son, Timo Werner, of course, got his first goal today. Um, but, you know, Kulaseski, you got Brennan Johnson. When you, when you look at those types of players, you know that they can score goals. You know that they can be threatening. I know that that opening 45 minutes was 
quite dire, um, even for Palace, because the only shot on target in that opening 45 minutes was the Werner chance. Are you surprised mm. on, on the lack of chances that we created in the first 45 minutes? I think they were getting in the right positions. I mean, the statistics say the, the, amount, the sheer amount of possession. You could see how far up the pitch we were. Um, so we, we had the possession in, in the right areas. We just didn't. It frustrates me sometimes that nobody wants to shoot. We almost want to score this perfect goal. Um, obviously, the Benton shot was the only other one in the first half. Um, I, it just does frustrate me that we just don't seem to get enough shots away or take enough risks to, you know, have a shot from different areas. It always seems like we're trying to cross the ball in uh, and somebody get on the end of it. I think I just think we got to vary it up a little bit. But um, it's great to see Werner score a goal. Um, I think that'll do his confidence a world of good. I still think we can certainly make improvements in those areas over the summer, um, in the, whether it be the wings or, or, or another striker. I think we can improve there. We've got some great players. Um, I just I think we need that sprinkling of stardust up there as well to help Sonny because I still think Sonny's better on the, on the wing. But obviously, I thought he played pretty well today um, through the middle. But um, but yeah, it's a very strange one. It's a very strange one that I, I don't know what the other guys think why we start so slowly in first halves. So I know we kind of covered it, but it's it's it's, it's bizarre. Can I just ask you all two very quick questions? Man of the match today. And I know I normally do this one at the end, but I think that it's worth doing it um, at the beginning um, where you think we'll finish in the league. Because the reason why I ask that now is to discuss it, because the way that we have started games so slowly, but yet we've grinded out the result today, uh, didn't do that against Wolves. But um, Craig, where, where do you think we'll finish in the league at the end of the season? Um, and who was your man of the match today? Uh, man of the match, uh, Mickey van der Ven. Um... I thought Brandon Johnson was superb, actually, when he came on. I think he re really battled well and obviously done really, really well for Werner's goal. But, but, but for 90-minute performance, all band of him was, was absolutely superb. And he was in the wars a bit as well. Um, where we'll finish. Um, I, I'm still going to stick with fourth. Um, it could well be fifth. I don't think we'll finish any lower than fifth. I really don't. I think United are a basket case. I think they're up and down. I just think it's between us and Villa for that fourth spot. I think, sadly, the other three are miles away. Obviously, City and Liverpool are a different class and, and the team up the road are doing pretty well as well. Since we've got their stuff together. But I'm going I'm to stick with fourth. Um, I think we're going through that patch that people have said Angie's teams go through. You know, that little dip where, where you know, can't quite put your finger on what it is. But, you know, we seem to be grinding out results. Not all the time. But obviously today we had to dig in there and do that. So I think we've got enough in us to finish fourth. And I think Villa will hopefully drop off a little bit. So I'm going to go for fourth. What are you going for, Ricky? Um, OK, so... OK, so uh, what was the first question? I know that it was um, where do you finish, but it, was it like... Man of the match. Man of the match, that was it. Okay, so for He's me, Chris. <laughs> no, for, 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 for me, I, I agree with um Craig in that Van der Ven was man of the match. I thought he was immense. I thought in in defense, he was a colossus. I thought he, uh, his strength, not just his speed, his intelligence, the fact that he broke the lines. I tell you what, I would give him man of the match for being upset that we passed it back in the second half, you know, when we basically had the ball up in the up in the final third and Basuma took the ball 
and in an area and he passed it back to Vicario and I saw kind of Van der Ven be like, why? Pass it up, like pass it back up, get the, you know, keep that attack, keep that pressure going. And just for seeing that, I love him to bits. So yes, I absolutely agree with uh, Craig on Van der Ven being the man of the match. I thought he was outstanding today. Um, and then where will we finish? Do you know what? You know what uh, what Kimbo was saying there earlier about us almost looking like we're coming to the to our summer holidays that we're coming to the end of this this kind of trying to claw to the end of the end of the league. I think it's the other way round almost. I think it's like they're not up to speed. It's almost like we've had a pre-season and the season started and then not up to speed and I'm not talking about our beginning of the season even though it took us a while to get up to speed after Brentford and stuff like that. But just in general it just feels like we haven't had a run of games and we haven't had that momentum and we haven't had to build on those things to get back up to speed, to look like the side that we know and love. So for where we finish, it's all in our hands. It's all in our hands. <clears throat> I think that this result here could give us enough confidence and enough belief to go again and to, you know, to get these mistakes right. And especially going up against Villa, which is almost like, a final in a sense or 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 you know a double header you know a double pointer you know it, it's a really important game and this week off of the back of a good result and going into next week with good energy you know they know what the task is <clears throat> it's all before them yes we've got a tough April but that says it's all within our hands to go and get that full spot so <clears throat> where we haven't really had to fight you know in the latter stages of any cup competition this year this is their moment you know what I mean? This is their time to step up. This is the big games. They, they, these are the things where you, you where you you're looked at and you're counted. Do you know what I mean? Where these things really matter. You know, can you get over the hill right now? Remember that when we played Villa and we had, you know, that was the suspensions and the injuries. You know, in that December period, even though Villa won that day, we made them look ordinary. You know, they didn't they didn't have much to trouble us. You know, it was more their organisation. It was more their kind of, you know, the, the the fact that they took their chances when they arose. But it's all up to us now. And if we can take our chances and, and if we can be in control of our own destiny right now and the boys step up to that, which I believe they will, then I think there's every chance of us finishing fourth and in those Champions League spots. Huge game next week at Villa Park next Sunday. Um Kim, um, before I come to you, I just want to read out this comment from Chris Powell. Fifth place, Europa League, a more realistic competition for us to do well in next season while we are carrying on building. And Hunmin Son, after the game uh, today, just said, uh, we showed great character when we went 1-0 down. We we're really happy with the three points. Um, Kim, um, your man of the match and where you think we'll finish in the league at the end of the season? Well, Van der Ven's got his hat trick because I think he was my man of the match too. He's a great player. I think he's been such an asset. To come in like he has, he's only a young man. He's such a tower of strength. So reliable, rarely puts a foot wrong. Um, I think he's a great, great signing and hopefully he'll, you know, he'll be a Spurs legend for many years to come. Um, where do I think we're finished? We just don't look like we're at the races lately. Um, obviously, you know, we could go out go up to Villa. We could come away with three points, but we've got to play a bit better than what we have been, I think. But then again, we may hit them on the break a little bit more up there. I don't know. Um, but I do think we've got an extra tough April. I think, honestly, I, I, I think we'll finish, I, I, I guess I would say. I mean, obviously, I'd love to get top four. But, you know, I think we're more liable to finish 
I'm going to go Van der Ven, and I'm going to say fifth. And I tell you what, I, I hope, I hope and pray that we get top four and, of course, play Champions League football. I really do. But um, I think whatever happens, I think that this is progression um, under Postacoglu, and uh, we have certainly moved on um, from from where we were in the summer. Uh, and hopefully, we have another good transfer window as well. Um, let's start talking about the, um, the starting eleven today because, of course, Ange made three changes. Uh, of course, Richarlison was out injured. Um, Udogi coming in for Davis, Benton Kerr coming in for Saar, uh, and Timo Werner coming in for Richarlison. So the full starting eleven: Vicario, Emerson, uh, Romero, Van der Ven, Udogi, Pesuma, Benton Kerr, Kulisewski, Madison, Werner, Hunmin Son. The subs today, Skip, Hoybier, Dragusin, the Celso, Johnson, Saar, Davis, Austin and Scarlett. Um, Craig, let's come to you on this first. Um, any surprises there for you? Because I've got to say, when I was walking to the stadium, I would have thought that Brennan Johnson would have played instead of Timo Werner. Um, any surprises there for you or is that what you expected? No, that was the only one. I kind of in agreement with that. But the thing is, for me, as somebody said in the comments earlier, and I, I totally agree with it, Brennan Johnson has been better coming on as a sub. So it doesn't, you know, some players just are. It's bizarre, isn't it? But some players just are. So I don't, I, I didn't think that was odd or worried me that Werner was starting over Johnson. I think the rest of the team is pretty much bog standard. I mean, you could have said Saar in for Bissouma or um, Bentancourt. But uh, that was the only one for me. Um, where, where he had a bit of a decision to make. I think it was fairly obvious so, um, Sonny was going to go through the middle. So um team kind of picked itself to a point and obviously we knew Emerson was going to come in for, for Porro. Um, I, th- I thought defensively, actually, Emerson actually had a very good game today. I thought he was pretty solid. Um, it's good to see that we weren't conceding two or three goals. I mean, if you, I, I, I saw a stat yesterday I don't know how big people go on this. I'm not sure myself. But our XGA, which is our expected goals against this season, is 1.51. Now, no team's ever qualified for the Champions League um, any higher than Newcastle, I think. And they were 1.21 or 1.31. I can't remember the exact figures. But um, So, obviously, if we do do it, we do get top four. We'd have done it the, a pretty tough way. But obviously, it's that area, the goals conceded, has been our problem. And when you see the expected goals against 1.51 a game, that, that, that's a lot. That, that, that's obviously a, a little bit of trouble there. So, But we know that we're going to concede goals in this system. The, the whole idea is to pretty much outscore the opposition. So perhaps that's not as much of a worry. But obviously, when you do see two, three goals going in the game, you do get concerned. But um, that team today, obviously with Emerson in, you're going to get a bit more defensive solidity because he's not going to be up the pitch as much as Porro. So um, going back to your original question, I wasn't that surprised with the lineup. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ricky, let's come to you. Ange Postacoglu in his press conference has just said, I was really pleased with the whole game. Uh, they had real belief today in our processes and our football, and I'm really pleased with the outcome. Now, talking about the starting 11, Rick, were you um, surprised by any um, of the starting 11 or the sub bench? Because the sub bench seems to be looking pretty strong as well, which, which you know, we haven't really seen in, in recent years. No, and it's good, and it's about time, and we've been waiting for it. Um, nobody really surprised me in the starting line lineup. That was pretty much my starting lineup, actually. Uh, the thing is, is that those, those midfield three, and I hear the argument about Saar, because Saar has been fantastic, but those midfield three, I think, is Angie's preferred three. And I think that he's, you know, first and foremost, those three haven't really had that much time to play together. They haven't played that many games together because of one reason or another. Um, and also with Bentico coming back from a big injury, you know, um, you know, we, we, I think Ange is trying to play them into form. We haven't seen the same Basuma as we saw in those first 10 games uh, of the season. And I think he's trying to play him into form. You know, I, I, I think I remember rightly that he came back from the AFCON with malaria. Um, so there's, there's a recovery process there and, you know, so I think that Andrew's trying to play those three in the middle to just get them to know each other, get them to understand each other and how each other play, and to try and get the best out of them and to play them and to get them up to speed and to play them into form. Um, I think Werner having a, a, another chance with Madison playing and Sonny up front, I think, was, you know, was, was smart uh, because hopefully, look, I saw the last, I think it was the last time that, oh, I'm not sure because there's so many games that I've missed. But the last time I saw Werner play, there was times where he wasn't getting the ball. He was making runs left, right and centre. And they were good runs. They were runs where not really many defenders were around him. He was in empty space and he just wasn't getting it. But so now having Madison there, who can find those passes, I think Andrew's idea behind that was like, we're going to be even more of a threat, especially on that side, with Sonny making runs off of, off of the defender and Werner on the wing. Do you know what I mean? And, and we kind of saw that in the first half. You know, Werner should have put it away. He did 100% that he should have put that one-on-one -on -one chance away. That should have been his first goal uh, because it was born out of that. And it, so there's so many things. I think there's so many things that we're doing right now where we're trying to get up to speed and up to gear. Um, I think Johnson coming on as a sub, um, I think that's what we bought him for. Not as a super sub, but as in to develop him this way, as in to come on to change the game, as in to when the, the, the fullbacks or the defenders get a bit tired, somebody who can score a goal, can cross, and has got speed and physicality to come on and change the game. We know that Ange likes uh, players of the same quality, if not better, on the bench, so that he can change the game with those five subs. When our fullbacks do get tired, we can interchange them. When our wingers do get tired, interchange them. Or when we want to swap around the midfield or the up front, we can interchange and get something different. He doesn't just like like for like. He likes people that can come on in the, in the same positions, but but bring something new to the table. And that's what Johnson did today. I thought Johnson was brilliant for that first goal. Um, the way that he battled, the way that he continued to fight, 
uh, uh, two Palace players and keep that ball going to set up Werner for his, his first goal, I thought was fantastic. So our bench is getting better, we're getting stronger and we're getting more together. It, it's coming. It wasn't the greatest performance. I'm not going to say it was the greatest performance today, but there were circumstances behind that, I think. You know, like Craig was saying there, we, I think there was many a time that we took too long to take a shot or we tried an extra pass or we wasn't taking enough risk. But I think that's coming. I think it's there. The more that they keep playing and the more that they believe in each other and the more that they can understand um, what is needed to win that game of football, I think the more we're going to see. It's coming like the trophies, Rick. Um, That's it, mate. Postacoglu has just been talking about Hunmin Son having his uh, finger strapped up. He said it's a finger. Even if he loses it, it won't really matter. He can still play. He is fine. Um, Kim, I want to ask you about Hunmin Son uh, because, of course, Richarlison is out injured, out for three to four weeks, said Postacoglu in his press conference on Friday afternoon. Um, Craig touched on this. Where is Son's best position for you, on the left or through the middle? I think on the left, but you just know a son. He's such a great player. We're so lucky to have him there. You know, I hope he, he stays with us for the rest of his career. You know, wherever he plays, he's never going to let you down. Do you know what I mean? He's just he's just a wonderful, wonderful player. And, you know, any team would want him in their starting eleven. I should imagine. And uh, another great goal by him today. He was fantastic. Like, so, but yeah, I think overall, I prefer him. I think his best position is probably on the left. But, you know, you've got to look at other things. You know, I was chatting to my mate as the game, like Jeff Dean, as the game was going on. And, you know, we both agreed that third goal, we doubt, not knocking Richarlison, because Richarlison scores other goals, but he wouldn't have scored that third goal. You know? You can always rely on Son with those one-on-one -on -one situations, though, Kim. Oh, like, yeah. We've seen it time and time again over the years with Sonny. Yeah, yeah. Craig, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about the match instance. I'm going to go straight in um, at the 18th minute. What a ball from Hunmin Son putting Timo Werner through one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. I know that Ange, you know, when we signed Timo Werner, he said that if, if he was performing week in, week out, we would never have signed him. Um, is this a case of week by week hoping that there are improvements under Postacoglu? And how confident are you? And I'll go back to the original question, but I also wanted to ask, how confident are you and would you like to see Timo Werner signed on a permanent deal for next season? Um, but surely, when he's going through one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper like that, he's got to shoot early. He's got to finish. 100%. Like I said earlier, um, I wasn't confident at all when he went through. He's kind of, if you ask me to put a percentage on it, I think 80% he's going to miss. Um, and that, which, which is sad, really, because his first season at Leipzig was, was excellent. Um, but he's he's just not a natural finisher. I mean, like you said there, Sonny is. You knew when Sonny went through, he was going to score a bit like Harry Kane. You always knew if Harry Kane was in that position, you know where the ball was going to end up. And we've been blessed for, for years with those two. But anybody else, especially Werner in that position, I just, he's just not a natural finisher. Um, would I like to see a sign him? If, if he keeps going, setting up goals and and perhaps notch a couple himself to get his um to get his confidence up the price was 15 million so it's kind of i, th I think the club's probably made the decision uh, unless he has an absolutely horrendous end to the season it wouldn't surprise me at all that we we do make the signing permanent um but 
I personally think there's better players out there we could go and get for that left-wing position or right-wing position and put Sonny back on the left, get a better striker in, but then you're, you're recruiting two players for the forward line. Um, whether they feel that we need to strengthen in other areas, I don't know. Is Timo Werner going to be a priority in the summer for 15 million? Like I say, probably I can see us doing the deal. Um, but I, I really want to, I, I'm so pleased for him that he got that goal. Because can you imagine if that just bobbled over his foot or, or went over the bar? You know, I mean, it was an easy finish. Of course it was. But when you've missed an easy one in the game, I've been in that position. Don't care how good you are, what level you play at. You're going to be nervous, you know, and don't you dare say that I miss one at the Spurs Stadium, something like that. <laughs> well, can I, can I just say, the Timo Werner goal today, that's the chance that Craig actually missed at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So he knows how difficult it is. So great finish I, I do. Timo Werner, eh? It was a fantastic finish and they are really, really difficult. Honestly, give me a 30-yard shot, shot with people all around me all day long rather than something like that. But look, he's... We're joking, he's a professional. He should be scoring that, but he should have scored that one-on-one -on -one as well and just made a bit of a hash of it. So, look, we know what we're getting with Timo Werner. It was great because I'm sure the Chelsea fans uh, are giving giving the Spurs supporters stick about oh, how crap Werner is. He's not crap. He's a professional footballer playing at the highest level. Um, we, we, we we do say this about players. You know, Di got a lot of stick saying that he was no good. These are good players, the elite players. There's just some players better than others <laughs> and do their job a little bit better than others. So great to see Timo score. I think we will make it permanent in the summer. Um, 15 million, it seems a bit of a snip. And it, but he's certainly a good squad player to bring on with his pace, I think. And that's all you can say on it, really. Ricky, what's your thoughts on uh, on Timo Werner in a Spurs shirt so far? Because I've got to say, I really like him. I think he works extremely hard. There is that end product. I think there is still so much more to come from him. Um, Chelsea fans always used to say that he's an extremely hard-working player, but he's offside an awful lot. He was offside a couple of times during today's game. Um, it was unfortunate that he didn't finish that opportunity, a fantastic opportunity for him, but... As we've all said, I'm so glad that he got his first goal in a Spurs shirt today in the game. And, of course, we won. Um, £15 million, as Craig said. But we know that Ange Postacoglu loves a versatile player. We know that Timo Werner can play through the middle if needed. We know that he can play on the left and the right. You're not going to get a player of that quality for £15 million, are you? No, not really. I mean, look, he's, he's got experience in the, in the Premier League. We know he had his struggles at Chelsea. And we know he's had his injury problems as well at um, RB. Um, He's coming. He hasn't had much football at all. Uh, and straight away, he was chucked into it at Tottenham. And we've seen how hardworking he is. We've seen how determined he is. But again, that's another one we're, we're looking at that is not up to speed. You know, like I said, he's come. I think it was six months he was out. He didn't play a game for. So he's coming back and finding his fitness and finding his touch and finding that, that killer ball. Um, his breakout season, at, I think it was RB Leipzig again, uh, before he went to Chelsea, he was actually somebody who was on my shopping list. You know what I mean? I, I was like, this guy Werner is doing amazing. I think he scored something like 30-something goals in 35 games. Some, it was a crazy stat. I know the statters out there, you know, they'll probably put it up at the bottom of the screen soon um, and help me out um, with the actual stats of Timo. But... Um, yeah, there, I think there's so much more to see from him. But while he's on loan right now, I think let's see. Let's see what he brings to the table. Let's see what this goal is going to do for him. Let's see what he can bring next week and, and see if he can change the game or add to the game 
or 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 get us a winner or or you know what I mean affect some change. Um, if he does well for us, I I like Craig said there. It's a snip at fifteen million, but my only apprehension is if you had like like Craig was saying earlier, a bit of stardust up there on that left hand side, and it costs you know some stupid amount, and we're fifteen million away from the asking price, then would I prefer them not sign Werner so that they can sign the superstar that they really, really want on the wing? Probably yes. Do you know what I mean? But like you say, Werner's value comes in his versatility. If he can get up to speed and if he can show us everything, then as a squad player, as somebody who can come on, as somebody who can change the game and add something to us, at 15 million, I mean... It's a snip. You're not going to find it anywhere. Even if you sell him the year after, you're 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 going to get profit on that fifteen million. So it's a no it's a no brainer, really. But let's see what he brings. Kim, let's come to you in the thirty second minute. A great move from Spurs. Kulaseski to Emerson. Emerson, um, he crossed it. Hunmin Son and Madison were waiting in the box, but it just seemed to go in front of them and, and go out of play. Um, Craig's already touched upon um, the performance from Emerson today. What did you think of him? And uh, I also wanted to ask you about your uh, the performance of James Madison today. Um, uh, Emerson, I, listen, I didn't think it obviously wasn't the uh, the best cross. But to, to be honest, overall, you know, I think like from how he started for Spurs and obviously how we spoke about him last season, I think he's become a very reliable and very decent squad player, you know. Um, he really makes a terrible mistake. He doesn't let you down. He sort of does what he's asked of. And, you know, I, I, I think he's a great squad player to have there now. He seems a likeable guy. I mean, last season, I remember saying on here, like, you know, I really hope it works out for him and that when, you know, like when you know, he was getting a bit mocked, wasn't he, by fans and that. And really, he's won everybody around. So credit where it's due. It's not an easy thing to do. With Madders, um, I think someone touched on it earlier, he doesn't look quite back at his sharpest yet from, from injury. But I thought it was a great ball for the goal. Um, um, his assist, I thought it was a, you know, the way he sort of lobbed the ball over, I thought it, 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 was, a, it was a good ball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's flashes of what he can do, but it's not the Madison we saw the first half of the season yet. Kim, I'll tell you what, you ought to be careful on what you say on this show because two different people today at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium come up to me and give me your lines of what you've said on this podcast before. <laughs> Followed well, by, I love Kim. <laughs> were they good lines? <laughs> they were, they were. I, I looked at them blankly and they said, yeah, it's what Kim said last time. <laughs> <laughs> were there any swear words in them, Chris? I think one was. <laughs> oh, Craig, let's come to you. Um, Kim talks about James Madison there. Um, Benton Kerr fired over the bar um, right at the end of the first half. What did you make of his performance today and his performances since coming back from the long-term injuries? I think I think he was. Um, uh, it, it was clear to see he was a man coming back from injury, and he still is to a degree. You know, uh, against City, he wasn't didn't have particular particularly good impact when he came on. Um, He's, he's exactly that. He's, he's still finding his feet. He's still coming back. This is the longest injury layoff he's had since he became a professional, he was saying, and very frustrating, obviously, 
and you can't just come back in and, and get up to speed straight away. And people think they can, you know, a couple of weeks back in training, you think, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be ready. We're going to get the same man. No, you don't. You've seen that with Bentinker after the ACL. It takes up to a year to get back after an ACL, uh, back up to full strength. And even even then, you might not see the same player. But Madison, obviously, I don't quite know the extent of what his ankle injury was, but. He's still coming back. There was there was glimpses in that second half, uh, primarily for me, that Madison, you know, running on pass players with the ball, trying to play those tricky passes inside and split the lines. Great to see. Some of them, well, most of them didn't really come off. They got intercepted. But the players are making the runs. He sees the pass. <clears throat> and we, we haven't got Harry Kane anymore that can see that pass. But Madison can. And as soon as he gets back in tune with, with Son or Richarlison, Werner, he played a couple of balls through to Werner today and Werner was actually on his bike and actually going at players. So, you know, it wasn't his best performance, Madison, today, but you can see glimpses that he's coming back. He's getting that fitness up and, he, and he's getting his eye back in. And I think over the next, well, we're going to need him to in the next few weeks, especially next week against Villa. So, um We've got to give them all time to get back these players, like your Madisons, your Benton Coors. Um, and even if when Porro comes back, hopefully he's not out for much longer. Hopefully he'll be back against against Villa. But players out for more than three, four weeks, you're going to see that little bit of drop-off when they come back. And obviously the longer they're out, the longer that drop-off's going to take to, to get back to um, what we remember they know that we know they're capable of. So, so it's just about, for me, getting through the rest of this season, getting through April. I wouldn't like to say how many points that well, I think we're going to get in April. I'm sure that will be a question for another podcast nearer the time, Chris. I'm sure you'll come out with that one. Um, but um, we got a tough run coming up. Um, but I, th- I think hopefully we're getting these players back. Hopefully Sol- Solomon will be another option because I thought he was pretty good before he got injured. You know, he set up a couple of goals at Burnley, didn't he? So other options. It's, it's all good. Challenging players. The Celso coming on today. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom at all. I know it's difficult. It's easy to look at it saying, oh, we start a game slow, like we said earlier, you know, and, and we don't look like we did in those first 10 games. I think this season's just all about building, like you said earlier, Chris, and it's progression. And I can see progression. We can all see the way uh, things are changing and, 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 you know, we feel like more of a, a connection with the players again, more of that family thing that we had under Potch. So, so it's all going in the right direction. I think we perhaps expect too much sometimes, all of us, and me included in that, you know. Um, it's going the right way. Um, and we've got a big game next week against Villa. And if we can go there and get some in, you know, that's going to stand us in good stead. An interesting one. Postacoglu has just confirmed again that Richarlison will be out for two to three weeks. But Richarlison has just spoken to ESPN Brazil and has stated to them that he has a chance to face Aston Villa next week. Um, Ricky, let's come to you on, on Richarlison. Do you yeah. think that he was missed today, or do you prefer Son through the middle? Uh, just just on those comments that you just made right there, um, I think Madison made a similar comment on, what was it? I think it was on Prime. And, and, won't like that. and he won't like it. It'll be like, he's not, he's not a medical professional. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't know how long he's going to be out for. Also, on the flip side, it might be a secret where Andrew's trying to go. He's not. He's going to be out for two to three weeks. Then <laughs> Richarlison has just let the cat well, out it, the bag. Do you know it what was, I mean? It was three to four in the press conference yesterday, but it was two to three in the in the Spurs update. 
Um, and now, of course, Richie's come out and said that he could be back next week. So who knows? Who knows? Who who knows? But uh, uh, we all know that the boss is not going to like him commenting on how long he's going to be out for. We'll leave that to the medical professionals and we'll leave that to Ange to make the decision. If he is, fantastic. It'd be great to have him off the bench. Did we miss him today? The thing is, I think Craig touched on it a bit earlier. Um, we're used to Harry Kane being up there and we're used to Sonny being up there. And when those two get a chance, one out of two chances they normally take. Um, and we know it. We can feel it in our heart. When, when they run in on goal, like Sonny did today, we know it's a goal already. We can feel it. It has to be. And, and it happens. Um, with Richie, he's had a turbulent, you know, start to his career at, at Tottenham. I think the, those last nine, ten games that he was involved in while Sonny was away, I thought he'd done well. I thought he could have done even better. But then we've got to realise that he ain't Harry Kane. And a lot of the strikers in the Premier, Premier League are, are like that. You know, they miss two or three opportunities and then they score the fourth one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember when we was linked to Solanke and... And, uh, you know, like other premiership, Dominic, what's his name? Calvert-Lewin and stuff like that. Th these players who, who are good in their own right, but they do miss three or four chances before they score their one. It's just that we've seen a five-minute clip of their highlights and it looks like they've scored a wonder goal and had a, had a worldie of a game. So I think that we need to take that into account when we're thinking about Richarlison. You know, we, we've seen the good in him. We've seen the bad in him. The thing is, is that he's on the up. Um, and I think the more that we keep believing in him and, and encouraging him, I think we'll get better performances from him. And hopefully he kind of continues scoring. But what a kind of what a what a kind of player to have on the bench or on the field who can change something, who is a bit dynamic, who is a bit kind of he likes a wind up himself. Do you know what I mean? And if he can get those shooting boots firing again, my gosh, it could it could be very frightening up there. So the fact that he could potentially be back, and let's say he's back on the bench, I think that's a great thing. But I still do believe that Sonny's, uh, even though he's, he's, his better position is on the wing, like everybody said, I still think he's our best number nine within the, within the squad. Do you know what I mean? Even though his best position is on the left, I still think he's our best number nine. Because I, I believe that when he gets a one-on-one -on -one chance like that, that he's the one that's going to bury it or he's going to be able to put that final touch on it and make sure it gets into the goal. Right now, Richie is a bit kind of like one in three, one in four chances, you know what I mean, that he scores. So that's the difference. And that's why we feel a bit frustrated with Richie, I think. It's because we're used to one thing and we're seeing another. But it could come. It could absolutely spark for Richarlison because we still ain't seen the best of him. We still ain't seen him on fire. We've seen a good Richarlison. We've seen an effective Richarlison, but we haven't seen the best Richarlison yet. So I still think that, that that's to come. So let's keep cheering him. Let's keep kind of encouraging him and let's keep singing for him. And, you know, hopefully we, we get to see that best Richarlison. Yeah, I completely agree with your comments there, Rick. And uh, BTS Galaxy writes here, give Son three or four chances and he will score three. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kim, let's come to you. Um, in the 53rd minute, um, Son had a shot that was blocked. A minute later, uh, cross into Hunmin Son, who then hit the post. Now, it seemed to be a very different Tottenham coming out for that second half. I felt the same in the last couple of games. What do you think is the main message? And what do you think that Ange Postacoglu said to the players at half-time? Keeping this one clean, Kim. Keep it clean. Oh, so I'm getting in practice for the radio shows. 
<laughs> no swearing. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, well, I say rollicking then. He probably gives them a bit of a rollicking. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what he says at half time, but he obviously G's them up in whatever, he, you know, he does say. Whether he gives them belief in themselves, whether, you know, whether he points out exactly what they've been doing wrong or what. I mean, the first half, they did, sometimes they just try, look like to me, they're scared to take anybody on and like they're trying to walk the bloody ball in the net, you know? Um, whether he kind of, it's like no one's, no one will have a go or, you know, it's just, yeah, it was a bit like that first half. I don't know, maybe, maybe he points that out. I really don't know. I mean, only Ange knows what he says at half time, but whatever he is saying and whatever half time talk he's giving, um, you know, it's working. Like, you know, we, we've seemed to have come on. I think, obviously, it was touched on earlier. I think Brennan Johnson, when he came on, um, you know, I think not for the first time this season, he's come on and really changed the game, you know. He um, he looked great when he came on today and and he wasn't afraid to take people on and sort of, you know, just like have a go, you know. You know, from when it, that, that cro the cross he put in, like for, for Werner's goal, you know, it, you know, he just... He just did his thing, didn't he? And sometimes you need that. Some, sometimes you need to be brave, I think. And he was. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he just told him to go at him or who knows. Kim, do you think Ange is really calm in the changing room at half-time with the Spurs players? Because when you see him on the touchline, where they used to, you know, where Spurs used to put out Conte cam and Conte was running up and down the touchline and shouting and, and doing all sorts. Ange is a very, very calm man. Always standing... Very, very calm. Even when Spurs score a last-minute goal, Ange is the calmest person in the stadium. Do you think he's like that in the changing room of the players? I honestly don't know. It's a good question. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I know that much, you know. Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, whether he loses his rag or not, you don't know. I mean, he must do sometimes. I don't, I don't know. They all seem to like and respect him, whatever he does. And you look back now, going back to Conti, I mean, he didn't even like the bleeding club. He's come out and said that. So, <laughs> um, touch line and shouting and screaming. You know, what a load of old crap that was. Do you know what I mean? It's all false. Isn't it? It's all for the cameras. It's like the Conte show, isn't it? You know? Craig, let's come to you. Um, in the 59th minute, of course, um, Eze scored a fantastic free kick bar past Vicario uh, to make it 1-0. Um, we had many chances to sign Eze in the past for, for you know, a very, very good price. Do you, do you, would you like to see him in a Spurs shirt at one, one point in the future? 100%. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> when uh, QPR was selling him, I, I, I was uh, really, really encouraged that we were sniffing around and I thought, God, we can get this this kid. He, he really looks like he's got a bright future. And of course, he went to Palace. Um, I'd love to see Eze at Tottenham. I think he's always thought he's a cracking player. And it was a wonderful free kick. You could argue that it was Vicario's side, but the sheer pace it went in at and, and how close it was to the post. Vicario did take a step to his right, but there was two walls. He had to get around the, the, the Tottenham wall and the Palace wall. So you can't really blame the goalkeeper there. It was just a fan. Sometimes you have to put your hands up and say it was a fantastic free kick. Um, I think personally we should put a bid in for him in the summer. And I've always said, I've said for a number of years, we should also go for Elise, perhaps test Palace's resolve and, and try and go for both of them. Offer 100 million for both. I don't know. don't know what they're worth. Well, it's what we think they're worth, but what are they worth to Palace? God, if they didn't have them, I know they've been out without them 
for a few games this season, but they're a different team when they're both playing. So, um, yeah, cracking player, Eze. I don't know how old he is. He's 23, something like that. He's still quite young, isn't he? So um, he's got a lot of years ahead. Craig, I want to stay with you. Um, in the 62nd minute, Timo Werner had a shot. Johnson saved. Um, a minute later, I felt that this is where the game changed. Johnson coming off, Benton Kerr going off. Um, of course, Ange Postecoglou has been criticised by a number of Spurs fans in recent games, particularly the Everton game about game management and about subs. Surely you should be applauded for the Johnson sub today on 63 minutes. That is just four minutes after we went 1-0 down. Yeah, yeah, got it spot on today. As I said before, Johnson, I thought, was superb when he came on, um, full of energy. The um, determination he showed uh, to go past two of their players and get that cross in. Um, a lot of players would have just tried to jockey the defender and, and perhaps win a corner or something like that. But he, re he went in there, he tackled two of them went through, got onto the ricochet and put in a lovely cross to Werner at the back post. So, yeah, uh, you could see what it meant to him as well. You could see that he, he knew he'd done pretty well to do that because he was, he was jumping up and down to the south stand, wasn't he? So, so yeah, great substitution at a perfect time, that one. And um, and kudos to the two players. If you have a criticism, like I say, Johnson and, and Werner, um, good to see them both involved in that goal because that really set us up for a, for a really big finish. Rick, let's come to you. Um, a couple of minutes after coming on, uh, Brennan Johnson, um, Timo Werner cross, um, Son flicked it on, Johnson over the bar from just a couple of yards. There were quite a few people groaning um, at that point. Um, you mentioned about Johnson. Of course, you know, we signed him for a fair chunk of money from Nottingham Forest. Um, how confident are you that we're going to get the very best out of him in the near future? Yeah. I was on mute. Sorry, Gav. Um, I, I, I'm actually confident in the recruitment and I'm confident in Ange and I'm, in, I'm confident within the coaching staff as well. Um, I, I don't think we paid that amount of money for him to be a starter, which I know sounds crazy. I think he was um, a guy to come in um, at a young age to come on the pitch, come on as a super sub this season and change the game. And develop him that way to the point where he's 100% confident in all of his abilities and then he becomes a starter. Um, so I am. I am confident that there is so much in there. Just remember what Gareth Bale was going through in his first year. You know, he's still a young lad. You remember that Gareth Bale had the curse amongst him. Every time he played, we lost for a long time. Do you know what I mean? And we had to get him out of that. I, I think it was Harry Redknapp that chucked him on five minutes when we was winning a game so that he, the, the, the curse in inverted commas was broke. So it, it's all about encouraging, especially young players. I think that, you know, my dad always used to say to me that there's a difference between a fan and a supporter. And, you know, a fan can get high, low, and, and you can cheer when we're playing and can sing when we're winning. But a supporter supports their team through thick and thin. And there are, these are our boys, you know, they're new, they're young. They're in there. They're fighting for all of us fans out there. You know, sometimes it doesn't go to plan, but that doesn't mean that the will for it to work and the will to win isn't there. And I think that there's so much within Brennan Johnson, um, you know, that we we as a fan base have to encourage him in, in not just sing when he's winning, not just sing when he's scoring, not just sing when 
he's doing that when he has his dips, as he's going to have, as every single one of those players are going to have because of their ages and because of circumstances in life. All of them are going to have dips. Do you know what I mean? And it's about us supporting them when they're down. Because when they're back up again, they'll give even more because we supported them when they needed it the most. Not just when they were scoring, not just when it was easy. And that's what a supporter is. We support them. They're our boys. They're wearing the badge on the shirt. Do you know what I mean? They've got the, the, the legacy number on the back of their neck right now. And that means they're part of our home. They're part of our family and they're going to be part of our history. So while they're here, trust in the manager, trust in the recruitment, trust in what's happening right now because we can all feel it. So trust that it's not, uh, it, it might not burst and, and kind of be Garifal right now, Brennan. But if we play him and we can continue to believe in him and support him, then maybe next season or the season after, he turns into somebody as good as Gareth Bale. He will never be Bale. But do you know what I'm saying about potential? I'm not just saying Gareth in the way that he played, but I'm just saying, let's look at that journey. How many players have we seen do that? We saw, like like Kim was saying earlier, about um, Emerson Royale, where, you know, he was getting a lot of stick and, you know, he was finding it hard. But if you look at, if you actually look at all of the things that he done, went and paid a million pounds for extra training and, and he'd done the hyperbolic chamber to get himself back fit so he could come back for us. There's a will there to want to do well. So let's encourage our boys, and especially while they're here, especially while it's during the season, when it gets to the summer, we can talk about how we can improve. We can talk about if these guys, if certain players that are there that haven't stepped up and, had, and, and have had chances after chances and they haven't quite done it, well, then maybe we can have that discussion about you know, upgrading that position and selling a person within that position. But while they're here, while they're during the season, while we're fighting, while we're looking to do something, this we're still looking to do something. This season ain't over. There's a lot of games left. There's a lot of points left. There's a, and we still haven't seen the best Tottenham yet. You know, that's exciting for me. So let's in, keep encouraging. Let's keep supporting them as supporters. And we will get the best out of these young players. We will see the best out of those young players. If we condemn a young player like Brennan, um, or like Cess, then what happens when a Van der Ven and ends up having a dip? He's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this hate right now. They, they ends up being anxiety. They ends up being overthinking. They ends up being like, you can feel the crowd turn on you. Look at what happened with Sanchez when he got booed and stuff like that. You could see his body Rick, language changed. You Rick, know? can, I, can yeah, I just mate. stop you there? Because um, Anne Postacoglu, of course, was asked about social media in his uh, press conference yesterday. Hmm. And Ryan Sessignon. Um, also said about be careful what words you put online because words can hurt. What do you think of social media with uh, with particularly young players where you know people constantly are criticising, but not only criticising. There's a there's a lot of trolling going on on the internet, yeah. particularly the likes of X. I I think in today's world, whether it's online on Twitter uh, or on X um, on a social media platform, whether it's headlines, whether it's YouTube negativity sells the more negative you are and the more outrageous you say if you say something outrageous the more clicks you get whether that's you know if we're talking about football in this instance whether that's like rival fans coming to click because you slagged off their team or your own fans i think negativity sells and i think negativity is an easy thing to spread around and especially when it comes down to a fan base and the more you hear of negativity, you, the more that you believe that that is the way. You know, someone like Seth, 
you know, is, is he has he frustrated all of us? Of course he has, because when we were up for signing him, firstly, I didn't find a supporter that didn't want to sign him. I didn't find a supporter that didn't say pay the money, let's get him when we were haggling for a price. I, I, everyone wanted him. Everyone thought he was going to be the next Danny Rose regen. Do you know what I mean? If not better. Um, so everybody was after him, but he's been super unlucky. And yes, it's frustrating for me as a fan, but for all of us that we haven't seen the best of Seth and that he hasn't come on and been able to be his best. But right now he's going through a torrid time. If any of us were out of our jobs through injury or if, if anything, illness stopped us from doing what we love to do, surely you should have some empathy and some understanding for that player, you know what I mean, and not just chuck hate at a player. That don't chuck a, a player. Don't chuck hate just for hate's sake, just because you're feeling that way. Do you know what I mean? And even if you do feel that, then maybe have that discussion when you're around a pub table with your friends, rather than putting something like that out online because it does hurt. It can affect people. Words do hurt. You know, everybody is online right now. But in this day and age, and especially for the next generation of fans. The more outlandish, the more outrageous things that you say, the more interactions you get on that tweet, you know, the back and forth, the yes and the no's, the argues for and the argues against for all of those things. And it's about not falling into that trap. Yes, as fan base, we can have a negative opinion. We can have a critique of our team, but that doesn't mean we don't back them. That doesn't mean we don't love them. That doesn't mean that, you know, um, that, that we don't, you still want them to go out there next week and, and smash it. That doesn't mean those things, but we try to be, especially on this channel, we, we try to be fair in our critique. We try to give balance. We try to say, yes, look, he was great last week, but today he didn't pull up. Basuma is an example. He was great the first 10 games, but he, we haven't seen that same Richarlison. That's a critique, but that doesn't mean that I don't love Basuma and I don't want him to go out there and be that player. So I think as an energy group, as a fan group, and we do this a lot of the time, you know, like nine times out of ten, we do this. Nine times out of ten, we back our side. Nine times out of ten, we love them, no matter what. Win, lose, or draw, always back your team, always wear your colours. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I've heard from the players that they feel it. They feel the goodness. You know, I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Sar's interview during the week on Inside Spurs, where he spoke about how it feels to him when his song is sung. You know, so if, if that positivity and if that will to kind of go again and fight for the team when your name is being sung, how do you feel or how is it going to affect the player when you're booing or whether you're cussing or whether you're shout, shouting some outlander stuff from the stands or, or from your, your, your bedroom at home? It's tough. Do you know what I mean? So if you want this side to do well, especially these young, continue to um, be fair with them. Continue to praise them when they deserve praise. And if they deserve critique, give them fair critique. It doesn't mean, and, and don't attack them as people. I mean, like, regardless of how much they're getting paid in this world, and regardless of where you think they are in their status of life, they are still human beings and they still are going to have emotions and it's still going to affect you as people, you know? Ricky's back, the podcast along. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just say um, a shout yeah. out to Jan. Jan actually celebrated her birthday yesterday. And Kim, Jan actually said to me she's going to buy your book and she, uh, send you, Ricky, and Craig best wishes as Jan, well. A big love, oh, Jan. lovely. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, Jan. Um, Kim, let's come to you. In the 74th minute, Hunmin Son had a shot just wide. Um, three minutes later, Timo Werner scored his first goal in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Um, what a fantastic cross from Brennan Johnson. And I know Craig mucked about and 
and joked earlier about, you know, Timo Werner, um, you know, he couldn't miss that, could he? Um, absolutely delight for him to, to score, um, you know, in front of the South stand as well. Um, Brennan Johnson, um, how confident are you that we're going to see the best of Brennan Johnson? Of course, a couple of assists today, but the goal scoring aspect, do you think that perhaps he could even play through the, through the middle uh, for Spurs if needed? I don't know about playing through the middle, but I, I quite like the lad. I think he's he's coming in his first season. He's very young. He seems a very likeable young fella. And I think he's done done well this season. I'm quite impressed with him. As I said earlier, he's come on a couple of times now and he's just completely changed the game and, and uh, you know, put in assists. He's scored, scored himself, you know. I like him. I think we'll see, you know, I think next season... Um, I think he's done really well for his first season. I can't knock him, you know. I know he's not started every week, but um, yeah, I like him. I, I, I think he, I think he's a great asset to the team, and he's good to have on. The, if he's not playing, he's great to have on the bench. Um, and for, for the goal, I mean, yeah, it was a great cross, and also I was really pleased for Berno. I mean, the jury's still out for me a little bit, but I got everybody else's comments. You know, for that type of money, I think. If we get in the Champions League, we will definitely sign him because of the experience he's kind of got all round, you know. Um, and, yeah, I think there's more to come for him. I, I'm hoping the goal that will do his confidence the world are good. Uh, he, he has looked a bit nervous to me on occasion sometimes mm. with a few of his runs and that and perhaps taking on people. But I don't think he's done anything particularly spectacular for us so far. But I don't think he's been bad either, you know. He's not, he's not played enough, really, to judge him yet, if I'm honest, you know. But, um, yeah, let's hope from, from this goal we can go on to bigger and better things for us. Kim, let's stay with you because three minutes later, Spurs took the lead going 2-1 up. Madison with a ball over the top and a fantastic glancing header from Christian Romero. Um, what did you make of that goal? And I loved Romero's celebration, kissing the Tottenham Hotspur logo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we're, I mean, Romero's been well-behaved lately, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's been, <laughs> like, disciplinary-wise, he's been quite well-behaved. But, um, yeah, no, he's, he, listen, he, he, you know, he's one of these sort of wears his art on the sleeve players. No, it was a great cross, um, great glancing header. I was glad Mar Romero got the goal because, obviously, earlier in the season with the sendings off of that, he would have had a bit of stick too. Um you know, it, it, I'm just glad that he's got... I think when he plays alongside van der Ven together, I know in the Chelsea game that that kind of went wrong and it was everything was a bit heated. But I think when he's next to van der Ven, apart from that game, he's a lot calmer. Like, you know, that you know, he seems to have that, that partner there where they can trust one another and he's not... Do you know what I mean? So the tackles don't go in so much because they're not doing somebody else's job. You know, if he was alongside somebody... Do, do you get where I'm coming from? So, um, yeah, no, it was a great go overall. I was glad that um, Mad has got an assist. Um, uh, yeah, it was a good ball. I, I like the way he put the ball over. Great glancing header and, and great celebration. So, what more can you ask for? Craig, let's come to you. Do you want to talk us through Hunmin Son's uh, third goal? Uh, well, Tottenham's third goal, of course, uh, rounding things off, rounding the three points off. Um, how many times, I know we've, we've mentioned this earlier on in the podcast, but how many times have we seen over the years since Sonny signed for us, you know, one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper, slotting it home nicely and, uh, again, in front of that uh, south stand, you know, putting the game to bed, which is great to see. Yeah, that did tie it up at the end there. It could have, could have, we could have had a bit of squeaky bum time, but that, that really sealed the deal, didn't it? And uh, Great ball through to Son. 
Um, and then you you knew as soon as he as soon as he opened his legs up, he was going to have the pace to stay in front of the defender. And I just knew as soon as he got in that position, he was going to score. Absolutely, hundred percent. There was no doubt in my mind. I, in fact, I think I said just before he got to the D and Eddie shot, I just went three one. Because you just know uh, the the confidence um, with with Sonny. You kind of knew even where he was going to put it because he loves that shot where he sends it out to the post and just curls back in. So, yeah, sealed the deal. It was nice to have the last five or so minutes of the game where he could relax a bit because there's no way Palace was going to come back from that. Um, uh, the the stats today, I, th- I think, as you said earlier, Christian passed. You know, stats don't always win your games. We know that passes don't win your games. Possession don't win your games. But but it just goes to show that Palace really really weren't in the game as much with because with, we dominated the possession. But we've seen, haven't we? Like against West Ham, against Villa, even you know, we dominate certain areas, and it goes the wrong way, doesn't it? So. It was good today that we actually, when we had some big chances towards the end, although Werner missed that one in the first half, that we took those chances. Um, it was absolutely brilliant way to round off the match and so good to see Sonny back on the uh, on the score sheet. So as we're recording this podcast, Aston Villa are actually beating Luton Town 2-0. Um, so it's going to be a huge game next week. We'll talk about that in a second. Ricky, let me come to you. Um, on Thursday evening, I was very lucky enough to go to the London Football Awards at the Roundhouse in Camden. Um, Spurs picked up three trophies. Um, Harry Redknapp for outstanding contributions to football, Vicario, goalkeeper of the year, and of course, Ange Postacoglu, manager of the year. A fantastic night for Spurs. Ange looked a little bit um, surprised and probably a bit awkward that the fact that he won the manager of the year award. And I know that, you know, there have been some people, some outlets criticising the fact that he won that award. What have you made of it? And... What have you made of Vicario? Because I think that that was a very, very well-deserved award for our goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, it is tough to kind of put a a kind of something of the year award in the middle of, you know, uh, well, at the end of February, beginning of March. That is tough because, you know, nothing's really been done yet. We've had a great encouraging start. And I think it's more of an encouragement award. You know, I think it's encouragement for... And for the, the the way he's changed our whole dynamic, the the way that we play, the ethos, even the players that we sign, you know, the players that we sign are based on, yes, talent, but more so character. If you've got the character and the right fundamentals, uh, then then that's when you come in. But if you've got all the talent and and no character, and your your brain is on other things apart from football, then we ain't signing them players no more. So he's changed everything. He's turned everything upside down. So I think it's an encouragement award to continue doing what you're doing, Ange, that we believe in you. Um, I know um, it was um, it was an independent award. It wasn't just a Tottenham award. Uh, but it, 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 it's an award of encouragement. And for Vicario, I, I think exactly the same. You know, he's done a, he's had a great beginning to... Um, his career at Tottenham. He's had to fill some big boots and he's done it well and he's grown week in, week out. And, you know, he's he's one that I see that if he does make a mistake, it does look like he works on that mistake during the week to try and not make it happen again. So that's really encouraging. I think he could go so many levels. You know, I think this is, again, this is just the kind of beginning of, of what he could be. Um, but yeah, I think it's an encouragement thing, I, I, and it's not to kind of 
get above your station and not to take it to heart too much, but be encouraged to keep doing the work, to keep believing in what you're believing in and to keep pushing forward from our manager and Vicario. But well done to the boys. And for Harry Redknapp to pick up an award as well, you know, everyone loves Harry and oh, well done to, well done to Harry. Well, is he coming, is he getting back into management, Chris, or what? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice, eh? Charity games, I would think, but no, oh, he, okay. he, he's such a wonderful guy. Um, Lovely, Kim, Kim, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about our next game. Of course, it takes place next Sunday, 10th of March at Villa Park against Aston Villa. They are currently fourth. Um, now, their last six games before today, uh, where they're away at Luton as we speak, um, three wins, one draw, two defeats. Uh, the wins have come against Forest, Fulham and Sheffield United. The draw against Everton and the defeats against Manchester United and Newcastle. What have you made of Aston Villa so far this season, Kim? Have you been surprised with the fantastic work that Emery has done at Villa Park? He's done a great job there. Really, really good job. Very, very impressive, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like, he's, you know, he's a real top manager. You know, I know, obviously, he didn't last long at Arsenal, but... He's uh, he's come back to the Premier League. And I think he surprised a lot of people. Um, I'm looking forward to the game next week. I think, like, you know, playing away from home, it'll be a different kind of, you know, we'll set up a little bit differently. But I know, obviously, we play the same way all the time. But I don't think you'll see that that dull first half, you know. Obviously, we're going to, if they come at us, we're going to try and meet them on the break more. And we'll probably go at them as well. Um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite open for for like a, a win next week. I've got quite a good feeling at the moment. So, but it is a six pointer, really, isn't it? I mean, if you lose that, you're way behind them for fourth, especially with what we've got coming up in April. So, we really do need the points next week. What should Anne's change next week to this week, Kim? Would you change okay. any personnel? And also, give me your score prediction. I think I'd play Saar instead of Benton Core next week. I think I'd have Benton Core on the bench. And I think I might... I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps start with Werner and and um, perhaps then bring on uh, Johnson again. I don't know. I, that, that's debatable for me whether to start with Johnson next week. I'm not sure. But I definitely I think I'll start with Saar next week. And um, score prediction? I'm, I'm going to be positive with this one. 2-1 um, Spurs. Get in. Craig, same questions for you. Um, how confident are you feeling ahead of this game against Villa? Huge game. It is a massive game. Um, I, I think to some some degree, um, it will kind of work in our favour a little bit because Villa will come at us. Uh, and we've struggled this season to break down teams in a low block. So I think we're going to get chances in behind. Um, going to have to do a lot more defending, I think. But uh, it's going to be a cracking game. Really looking forward to it. The fact is that Villa Park obviously is a bit, you know, it's going to be tough uh, playing away there. This is a bit of a cauldron. So um, uh, as for personnel, I totally agree with what Kim said, actually. I think Saar will come back in. I think it will go uh, the rest as as today, depending if Porro is back. I think he'll come in for Emerson. Um, I don't think Richarlison will probably start. I think that's a bit of a stretch. He might be on the bench. It'd be good to have him on the bench, to be honest. Um, score prediction. Oh, firstly, I think I just wonder if um, Romero might lose his good boy tag and go straight through Matty Cash, to be honest with you. I could totally see that happening. Um, <coughs> so, so we can, but hope. Um, score prediction. I'm actually going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think it'll be a draw. 
That's a good point, actually, about Matty Cash. Um, Craig, who would you um, who are you most frightened of in the Aston Villa team? Because they've got some real standout players. Of course, Watkins has been banging in the goals this season. Another player that was linked to Tottenham when he played for Brentford. Um, who worries you? Um, well, Ollie Watkins is in a rich vein of form at the moment. I think he's 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 probably second behind Kane, isn't he, for England? If you're talking about a striker, so I think he's really his game's really improved under Emery. Um, he's not as clinical, but as Kane, but he he has been banging in the goals. Um, I think John McGinn is is a cracking player as well. They've got some good players all over the park, to be honest. So they've got a really good goalkeeper as well. With obviously, um, our Argentinian contingent are going to want to stick one on him and get one up on him as well. So, but, you know, they, they've got quality all over the park, Villa. Um, they just haven't had that dip, proper dip yet. But obviously, as you say, like, if you look at their their recent um, teams they have beaten, they're all low teams and the teams they've lost to, obviously, United and, and Newcastle. Obviously, that draw with Everton, um, the kind of uh, different one there. Um, so, so, you know, they... Playing us, essentially, this is you could call this the battle for fourth. Um, we we wouldn't go above them if we beat them. Um, but um, you know, I, I think as long as we don't lose, that's the most important thing. We can't lose to Villa because I think this game really is game up. Then, depending, of course, if the Champions League positions go down to fifth, I wouldn't want to risk that. But you just never know. So we could be in the Champions League in fifth. But personally, I agree with what somebody said earlier. The Europa League is probably our standard at the moment. And I think we've got a really good chance of winning that. However, that's not to say I don't want Champions League football because I want to sit at the top table. And I think it can bring in the types of players that we all dream about getting. Players want to come to you then if you're playing Champions League football. It's a big draw. So, um, look, the, the, the table don't lie at the end of the season. You are where you are. You deserve to be where you are. And um, massive, massive game next week. Saying that players have wanted to sign for Tottenham when we've got no European football at all. So imagine us bringing Champions League, the sort Indeed. of quality players that we could bring in then. Um, there are 12 games to go. Um, during the month of March, we will play Aston Villa away, Fulham away and Luton at home. Uh, so hopefully, um, fingers crossed, we can pick up nine points there. Um, Ricky, finally, to end the show with you, your thoughts ahead of the Aston Villa game. Who are you worried about? And by the way... Um, Aston Villa, as I said, are 2-0 up at Luton and Ollie Watkins has scored both goals. He is definitely a threat up front. Um, Matty Cash, he's probably worried about this game because I reckon he, he's probably feeling that something is coming from Christian Romero, Benton Kerr and co. Um, Rick, what's your, what's your prediction for the game and uh, who would you change as well? If any, uh, you, you, with the whole Matty Cash thing, I think we've got to be careful. I mean, look, of course, you know what I mean. We, we, to, to to give some back to what he's given is only fair, right? But <clears throat> I think we've got to be careful with that because get, get the know, job done first. Yeah, and, and em, Emery could use that to his benefit in the sense of going go and wind him up because you saw how much um, Mope wind wind us up. So he could he could say go do the same, wind them up, and get them sent off. You know, let them lose their shape, let them mess themselves up, as we have done. I think there's um, a lot of credit has got to be given to Emery because he's getting the best out of some of them players there that previously were not turning up. You know, Aston Villa was a pretty mediocre side, had some good players, but they they wasn't performing consistently. But uh, you know, Emery is kind of made uh, he's organised them 
Um, he's brought in quality as well. We know about Poe Torres. I don't know whether he's back from injury as yet, but a, a fantastic left centre-back. You know, uh, as Craig was saying, McGinn is always a, a, a thorn in the needle of our side. Um, and Watkins, you know, he keeps going from strength to strength. Absolutely agree that behind Harry, I think he's the next English striker up there who's really kind of showing what he's about um, and could potentially kind of hit the heights. I've always liked Watkins, actually. Um, so, yeah, they're a dangerous side and they're pushing. And uh, you got to remember, they're, they're also underdogs as well. You know, nobody really expect everybody expects Villa to drop off. You know, nobody really expects them to kind of finish in that top four. So all of that's being used towards their their, their advantage. Um, I think with the European games that they've got as well, that's the only kind of place that I can see them slipping up and dipping at those points there, you know, when they've got um, extra fixtures during the week. Um, but it's going to be a really, really tough game. Um, they're pushing, but we made them look ordinary when we had no one. And we've got every, we, we've got the majority of people back right now. So for me, I would definitely chuck in Poro um, at, at that right back if he's fit and ready to go. Um, and I think it's a great shout by both Craig and, and Kimbo that was talking about putting Sar in there for Bentoncourt just to have that energy and that youth and that experience in, in and defensive experience and and box the box experience more um, in the middle of the park there for us. Um, but yeah, you know, I I I, I always us winning do you know what i mean I, you know i can't help it but especially under Ange, and especially with these group of group of lads and especially with their their will to win and their determination i see it being i see them all getting g'd up for it all getting ready all being like you know ready to go and play that cup final ready to go and play that double point that six pointer the the things that we've got to be careful of like i said is matty cash is like romero just you know, we, we want him on the line. We don't want him over the line. You know, we don't want to mess ourselves up in that game. And for me, I see a, I see a big scoreline in, in, that, in that game. I see us winning 3-2 or 4-3, something like that. I see it being like back and forth. I see it being a battle until the very last second of the very last minute of the, of the extra time that's put on at the end of the 90. Do you know what I mean? I think it's going to be a back and forth one, but it's going to be one that kicks us on and it's going to be one that makes us believe and it's going to be one that pushes us to go and achieve all that we want them to achieve. Come on, you Spurs. Ricky, I was going to say exactly the same. 3-2, 4-3, and a Timo Werner knee slide right at the end in front of the away fans. The scenes <laughs> goes wild. I don't know whether I'm dreaming or, or you know, hopefully it can be a reality. Uh, and by the way, Potch out is trending again on X. Um, Chelsea are 11th in the table and they drew 2-2 away at Brentford today. Um, wow. any, any thoughts on that, anyone? Nah. We've forgotten it. It's, 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 it's not our team, do you know what I mean? You know, he took a job and he made a choice. Um, I, 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 I still like him as a man, but he's chosen to go over to that side. So I haven't got no opinion on that team or what they deal with. And crack on, do you know what I mean? Kim, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, please tell everyone about your wonderful new book and uh, where people can find it and where people can find you. People can find me for a start. The new book for Brothers comes out the 14th of March. Um, it will be in all the supermarkets at, at the Tesco, Sainsbury's, etc. You can buy it on Amazon, be in all good bookstores. And um, 
don't buy it because I want to get top of the charts. No, out of my 17 books, actually, I think this is probably up there in the top two or three out of the best books I've ever written. So I'm so, so happy with it. I hope everybody enjoys it. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I've got an official page and a personal page, which I open up to the public anyway. So you can follow me on there, whatever suits you. Instagram and X, but I still call it Twitter. So there you go. 14th of March, the brothers. Go buy a copy. You know, it makes sense. Thank you so much, Kim. Lovely to have you back and very best of luck with the book. Um, thanks. Craig, th thanks so much for coming back. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on X uh, at DMA9. If you want to give me a follow, that would be great. Um, Kim, can I ask, what's the book about? Give, give us a quick um, quick rundown what it's about. It's about, I'll just read you the back. It's very, very quick. No one Go crosses on, the Bond family. Twin brothers, Bo and Brett, make sure of that. Bo's getting hitched, but there's just one problem. The Bonds can't stand her family. A wedding only lasts for a day, but family feuds last forever. It's, Get him. It's yeah. about, about I write I write um I write crime fiction, but I write it more from the villain side. It's not police mate, but, but based my books. It's more this this book is about two families. One's a travelling family, like gypsies, English gypsies, and the other one is like an old East End sort of villain and the, this is his grandson that's got involved with the gypsy family and they're you know they're getting married they're only 16 do you know what i mean and uh it goes on to be about there's loads happens in it do you know what i mean there's uh there's a lot lot happening in this book so i think from chapter 10 i think this is the first book that i've done normally i do a roller coaster coming up to the last 10 chapters you sort of get to chapter 20 and it's like oh, 25 and then it's the roller coaster that goes towards the end in this book, The Brothers, that roller coaster starts at ch chapter 10. It doesn't let up after that. It's incident after drama after incident, right until Ooh. the very last page. Very good. Go and buy the book, everyone. Sounds 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 a cracker. But no. yeah, um, uh, yeah, on Twitter, if you want to give me a follow, it's great. Always good to be on, even better to be on after we win. So um, I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. And Ricky, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back. Hopefully you're going to be with us uh, for every game until the end of the season. And hopefully we will uh, get that top four spot, as we've all said. Uh, where can people find you and what are you up to at the moment? Um, thank you again for having me on. Always an honour and a pleasure and I've missed it. So it's been great to be back just chatting about good old Tottenham Hotspur. Um, you guys can find me at Ricky J Norwood here on X or official Ricky Norwood. Um, on Instagram. What am I up to at the minute? I'm just uh, prepping to go back on to Dancing on Ice. So the final show is next week, Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next week, Sunday. And um, so all of us that took part in the show will all be back on the ice at some point. I don't know what's happening with that. I'm, I'm yet to find out, but I know I'll be back on the ice. Um, and then just wrapping up the show, there'll be a little rap party afterwards. So I'll get to see everybody again and we can get to celebrate this crazy journey that was Dancing on Ice. And I've got to thank everybody for voting as well. All of the fans, all of the supporters, all of the messages that I got during the show. Thank you guys so much. It is meant so much. You've all been fantastic. And um, I've really felt your support. So thank you very, very much. Um, but yes, so I'll be going to do that. And like I say, it was a great experience, bro. So to do something that you're scared of in life, I think is always valuable, um, especially when you think that you can't push through, especially when you think that you can't do it and then somehow it ends up happening. I think it's always a valuable thing. So I thank, you know, the Dancing on Ice team 
tremendously for giving me that opportunity. But um, after that, I'm back to auditions and uh, we'll see. We shall see, bruv. Um, it's very exciting times. So, again, I just wanted to thank everybody for your love and support. And thank you, Chris, for having me back on. Thank you so much, Ricky. Pleasure to have you here. Um, Kim, Ricky, Craig, thanks so much for joining me this evening after Tottenham's win today. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thank you for your continued support. We will be back next week when hopefully Spurs beat Aston Villa at Villa Park. Until the next one, come on you Spurs. Come on! days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.